0: Hello and welcome to the Math with Mystery E, or Mystery Podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. My name is Enrique Estevillo and I go by Mr. E. What is your name? Go ahead and say it out loud. It helps to interact. All right, you may be asking yourself, what is this episode about? Well, this episode is an intro to this podcast. It is my first episode. Usually, my episodes will correspond with a Khan Academy lesson, and currently, we are doing Algebra 1. So, we encourage you to use Khan Academy as an online practice tool. Please log in. Make sure you log in to Khan so you keep track of your progress. That is a key to learning, I believe, keeping track of your progress. For you to become a master, you must know what you do not know. Think about it. All right, anyways, what did we talk about the previous episode? Well, nothing because it's the first one. But usually I try and segment what we talked about last time to this time. So that way your mind keeps some continuity. That I also believe is a key to helping you learn. Remember, every episode has an action item. That means when I say write it down, you write it down. Okay? Okay. For example, I'm going to say, write your name down, do it now. You must find your piece of pencil, piece of paper, and write it down. There's something magical that happens when we write stuff down. It helps us learn. It just does. I can't go into the science of it, but trust me, you will remember it more if you write it down than anything I say. Alright, that's the way your brain works. It doesn't listen to me too much doesn't remember what I say after five minutes. Anyways, let us begin our lesson now. As we would do the lesson block based on Khan Academy. Usually it's five to ten minutes. I'm going to skip that lesson. There's just an intro to warm you up. And then I sign off at the end of the lesson by saying, let's stop our lesson here. The time is seven minutes. Please log on to KhanAcademy.org and practice some more. It will only take 15 minutes tops. Join us for our next segment. Segment, Sorry, till next time, Mr. E, over and out. All right. I hope you enjoy my podcast. Thank you very much. Hello, Mr. E, man. I'm sorry to interrupt your broadcast, but I just had this fact that I had to share with you. Did you know that in a room filled with just 23 people, there is approximately 50% chance that... There are two people who share a birthday in the room. I just had to get that off my chest, you know, that was such a cool, interesting fact. And if you bump that up a number up to seventy five people, there's a ninety nine percent chance that to share a birthday. We call that the birthday problem in mathematics. Maybe you should dig into it. It's kinda cool. Well, this has been Dan. Nice talking to you, mystery. Hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery, podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. See what I did there? My name is Enrique Estevillo. What is your name? Excellent. Why this podcast? Because I've sat in your math classes, and I can help. And with this podcast, you can pause or rewind if you missed something, or if you didn't get something. Also, I try to keep my explanations short, and I try to make them lively and interesting, as interesting and lively as math gets. So hopefully that helps. What exactly? So having said that, what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? Well, funny you should ask. It is called Dependent and Independent Variables Equation, and it continues our lesson from last time. It corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under the course Algebra 1 called, the same thing, dependent and independent variables equation. Alright, what did we learn about in the previous episode? You may be jogging your memory, so let me help out here. We talked about what dependent and independent variables are. Just to make it real simple, independent variables are going to be the X variable. This word, these two words are interchangeable. Independent variable, X variable. It is also the beginning number usually, the number you're starting with. Okay, It is a number that could be anything, um, but it doesn't depend on any other number. It just kind of seems to come out of thin air or out of the problem. They give it to us. It's like you have 13 apples. Well, that's your independent variable. It's 13. You know, um, It could have been 12. It could have been 11. Could be anything. It doesn't depend on anything other than, hey, you're just given this information, or this information just is what it is. That's usually our starting point or our x value. Okay, all those can be labeled independent. Our dependent variables are basically the answer, also known as the y variable. Okay, so dependent is synonymous or is the same as the y variable or usually the answer. Okay, and why do we call it dependent? And this will help you remember, because that number, the answer, depends on whatever operations we do to the original number, the independent number, okay? So you start out in life, Miss Independent, perhaps, and then you get married, and then you're dependent, and then you have more dependence. You see? <laughs> okay, so if it helps you remember it that way, great, all right? We'll get in, more into it uh, with this lesson. Let's start this lesson dependent, independent variables, equations. Okay, and Khan Academy gives you a very famous scenario that math teachers love to use. I guarantee you will see this on a test or a quiz or something. And it goes like this. You are going to buy a gym membership. Of course. Who doesn't go to the gym? Or who doesn't need to go to the gym? Let's put it that way. And your gym membership, in this case, costs $40 a month. Please write an equation that illustrates this. Okay. Well, at first it sounds very hard. But let's think about this. We want to write an equation. There's a word inside that word equation. Can you guess what it is? Equation. Equal. Equal sign. Okay. So an equation is just a mathematical sentence with an equal sign. Okay. Something equals something. You've seen this probably since first grade. Okay, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Technically, that's an equation. It's got an equal sign. It's got something on the left and something on the right. You got me on that? All right, good. Let's keep it simple. 2 plus 2 equals 4. The 2 plus 2, in this case, we would call it, that's the beginning. That's where we're starting with. So that would be the independent variable, right? And the four, since that's the answer, we would call it, and that answer depends on you doing something to the original two, okay? That four would be the dependent variable. Okay, you get that? So the dependent's always the answer, and the independent's kind of like the number you started with, and you're going to do something to it. Okay, so going back to the membership. You pay $40 a month for one month, okay? So... Let's write this down. This is going to be our action item. On the left hand side I want you to write a simple one. You got that? Then I want you to draw a line in the middle like if you're splitting up the the page or the the thing in two. And then on the right hand side of that I want you to write a forty. So you have a one, a line, and a forty. Do you have that written? Okay. Underneath the one on the left hand side I want you to write a two. Then underneath that, I want you to write a three. Then underneath that, I want you to write a four. You get where I'm going with this? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. But you could stop at three. Let's just stop at three. Okay, let's go back to the right hand side. We have 40 on the right hand side. Now, this right hand side is to keep a running total. So look at it again. If one month is $40, after two months have passed by, how much? total will we have spent given to the gym that's right 40 plus 40 is what 80 so we'll go with 80 so you should write an 80 next to the two obviously on the right hand side of the line okay let's go for three months so another 40 dollars what's 80 plus 40 what'd you say yeah 120 yes so 120 should be next to the number three obviously across the line And you could see a pattern emerge here with about three things. You should be able to see a pattern. You have one, two, three on the left hand side and you have 40, 80, 120. What would be next? 160, 200 and so on. Okay. after 10 months, let's say we get all the way to 10. How much money will you have given to this gym membership? Well, if we do some real quick math, 40 times 10. All we got to do is add a zero to the 40. So that becomes Four hundred dollars we will have given to a gym, gym membership. And that's right. Gym memberships can be expensive. Let that be the real lesson of the day. OK, going back to the table, though, real quick before you put down your pencil, I want you to label the left column X. So put an X way at the top and the right column. We're going to label Y. Remember, the X at the top is going to be our independent variable. So I'm writing that down independent on top of the x. And our y, which is the answer or the running total, that's gonna be our what? Yes. Dependent variable, because that number depends on whatever the first number is. If it's one, then the variable is forty. If it's two, then the answer is eighty. If it's three, it's 120. You see how one thing depends on the other? So it's the dependent one. Okay. That's very good. If you understand that, you understand a huge concept that's going to help you that you're going to see a lot in your math class. If you get that, life is going to be easy for a little while. All right. But one thing is left to do here. We said we're going to write an equation and I don't see an equation here. But watch how quickly we can knock this down. Equation has an equal sign, right? So let's write an equal sign and let's leave a little space on the left and a little space on the right. I physically wrote like a little block. So I know I have to put something there, okay? And on my left hand side, I'm going to put the number, the, how do I say this, I'm going to put 40X on the left hand side, alright? $40 represents the number uh, that they give us, that's how much it costs per month, okay? And 40 per month, in math, whenever you hear the word per, that means multiplication. So I really want to say 40 times something, and in math how we say something is with a letter. So 40 times X, or better yet, 40 times T, you could pick any letter you want, 40 times T for time equals something equals the Y variable, the dependent variable. What letter are we gonna go with? Are we gonna go with Y? Why not? Okay. So on our left hand side, we have 40T, or 40 times T, which is the number of months. 40 times the number of months equals how much total money we have paid. Boom, we've written an equation that we could use for any number of months. This one equation can replace the entire table that we have up top. You see that? And it works for infinity. Numbers, you know, 100, 200. We could plug in any number for that T or that X, multiply it times 40, and we would get our answer. So you see the power of equations? Equations really represent uh, like a fundamental truth, okay? That is very versatile, okay? And so that's why... Equations are important in math, okay? And, the, and they, there's some logic to it. I hope you can see the logic to it. All right, so let's stop our lesson here. Uh, what, how much time have we spent? Oof. Let's see, where are we? Come on. Oh, don't you love it? Hello, and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery Podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. My name is Enrique Estevillo. What is your name? Excellent. Why this podcast? We should always start with why. Well, because I've sat in your math classes, and I think I can help. Also, with this podcast, you can pause or rewind if you missed something, or if you didn't understand something. And I try and keep my explanations short, and I try to make them a little lively and interesting. All right? Under 15 minutes for sure, mostly 5 to 10. All right, so what is, exactly is this episode going to be about, Mr. E? You may be wondering. Well, we are working on dependent and independent variables, and now we're going to do some graphing. So we add the word graphing to it. It corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under the Algebra 1 course called Dependent and Independent Variables Graphing. Alright, as always, we encourage you to go to Khan Academy, look up the video in addition to this podcast if you need a visual. Alright, but sometimes you don't. Alright, what did we talk about in the previous episode? Let's tie in what we did last time to what we're going to do this time. Well, we talked about dependent and independent variables, and we wrote an equation. Okay, if you remember, we said dependent variables are going to be your Y variables. Your independent variable is going to be your x. We talked about a gym membership. It was40 dollars per month. The number of months, one, two, three, four, five was our independent variable. That could change. The40 dollars per month was not going to change. We always paid 40 bucks. So our equation ended up being 40 times x equals y. Our independent variable was y. And remember, the first month it was going to be $40. The second month it was going to be $80 because we keep a running total. And by 10 months, the Y variable would be $400. We would have given the gym membership $400. Bucks, okay? But again, our equation was simple. 40 times T or X equals Y, which is the total number of money paid. All right, that was the equation. Now... How do we graph something like that? Well, to get to, into today's lesson, uh, we're going to use a little bit smaller numbers, okay? We're still going to have a table, X and Y, X is on the left-hand side, Y is on the right-hand side. If you want to go ahead and get your pencil out, this is your action item. You can write X, a line, draw a line down the middle and then Y. So you separate your X and Y, okay? And for X, this time, we're going to, under that column, we're going to write a 0, underneath that a 1, underneath that a 2, underneath that a 3, underneath that a, you get it, 4, 5, 6. Okay, but we're starting with 0. zero one, two, three, four, right down the line. Okay, and do you have that written? Excellent. All right, now, across the line on the Y-hand side, on the Y column, we're going to write a 0, next to the 0. Okay, so zero, 0, The 1 is gonna have a 5 next to it. So zero five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, right on down the line, underneath each other. Okay, so zero five ten fifteen 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. What is the pattern here? That's right. It goes by 5 every time. Every time X changes 1, Y changes by 5. Okay, so you can sort of see that equation kinda in your head, it's gonna be times five, x times five or five x uh, equals y. But anyhow, what are we talking about here? We're talking about something very crucial to your grade. It is literally how your teachers figure out your grade. All right? And very simply put, for this example, in a quiz you take, each question the teacher decides each question is worth five points. How they decide that that 's another story, okay, but hint hint it 'll be twenty question quiz because twenty times five is a hundred and a hundred is the perfect number. But anyhow, the teacher decides each question is five points. So how many points do you get if you get zero questions right in a quiz that 's right, zero. <laughs> And hence, our our table says zero, zero. Okay, now what if you get one question right? You manage to actually get one right. How many points do you have? Five, right? So our table has one five next to it. All right, what about if you get two questions right? Well, we know five plus five is 10, or we could do five times two is 10 and so on. What about three questions? Well, five times three is 15, so it would be 3 and 15, and so on. And you could see that at the end, if we get all the way down to it, we get all 20 questions right. Okay, you're a genius in this quiz. Well, 20 times 5 equals what? 100? So you get 100%. So That's an A+++. plus plus plus. Boom. That is basically uh, grading 101, okay? And I don't know why kids don't figure out grading more often, because here's the beauty of this. If you figure that out, you can realize that you could miss two questions and still get an A, correct? Because if you miss two questions, that takes away 10 points. Well, 100 minus 10 is 90. That's still a 90. That's still an A. So you could breathe a little bit. You could relax, okay? You don't have to be perfect. I see so many kids wanting to be perfect. Well, anyways, uh, the less stress, the better if you ask me. But we still haven't answered the question, how would we graph this? Okay, And again, with the purpose of taking the mystery out of math, all graphing is, is putting a couple of dots on a piece of paper. Okay? That's it. You're going to put a dot here, a dot there, and then you're going to put like a ruler in between them and draw a line to them. Okay? Well, the last part you don't necessarily have to do. But if the dots line up, you, you draw a line through them. Okay. In this case, we know they're going to line up because we have a nice little pretty pattern. 5, 10, 15, 20. We know they're going to line up. Okay, it's going to create a line. OK? And if you want to picture this graph, okay, the graph, coincidentally, is basically a cross. If you just draw a cross in your piece of paper or like a T, if that suits you better. OK? You have two lines and they cross in the middle. You see that point where they cross in the middle? That is called the origin, and it's your starting point. It's your zero, zero. That's if you got zero points right on this test. Okay, so you could go ahead and put a dot right there. Okay? Now, watch how easy this is. You see the line that goes from right to left? That line, okay, right next to that dot, Okay, we could literally put like little, little mini lines next to them and then start numbering them. One, two, three, four. Okay, to the right. We go one, two, three, four. Well, what if you go to the left, Mr. E? Well, that's easy. It's negative one, negative two, negative three, negative four. Boom. Okay, you got that? Now, your x-axis, that's the line that goes across. You want to remember that. That's your x-axis. It goes across from left to right is now has numbers. Okay, now what about the line that goes up and down? Well, that one's called your Y axis. Hmm, that's seeming to match up with our little table of X's and Y's. That's kind of neat. Okay, and then let's put little tildes, or I don't know what you call it, little lines up and down from the zero, from that little origin point where they cross. Let's put little, little marks there, evenly spaced marks. And let's ask ourselves, well, what values do we want to put next to each line? Since my Y values are going, increasing by 5 each time, I don't want to use 1, 2, 3, 4. I want to be smart and use 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay? So I'm going to label those 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 going up. Well, what if we go down, Mr. E? Well, that's easy. Same spacing, but now it's negative 5, negative 10, negative 15, negative 20 and boom, you have a little graph. Okay, now hopefully you have graphing paper, you know, your teacher would normally give you graphing paper, you don't have to write these little lines, but you do usually have to figure out, well, what value am I going to put um, for uh, the, each space, basically, and you want it to make sense, okay, you want it to be something that's gonna uh, that matches your, the numbers you're working with, okay, so that they fit in there. So anyhow, we have one dot in the zero zero, okay. How many dots do we need to make a line? Just two. So we just need one more dot, and we're technically done graphing. Pick any combination of that table that you see that we wrote down. Zero, zero, one, five, two, ten, three, fifteen. Pick any one up. Which one do you want? Let's do two, ten. Okay, deal. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my pen dot right on that zero, zero mark. And then I'm going to go to the right, two spaces, one, two. I'm not going to put a dot there. I'm then going to go up to the 10 mark. So I'm going to go up, five, 10. And then I'm going to put a dot there. Okay, so it's a little dance, if you will. You go to the right, and then you jump up. Okay, and then you put your dot where those two points intersect, if you will. And boom, you have your second dot. Because if you get two questions right, you get 10 points. Let's go ahead and for the sake of simplicity, let's do one question right, five points. See if you can do that on your own. Go ahead. That's right. I started at the origin. I moved over one spot to the right. And then I went one spot up to the five, to the five marker. And boom, I'm right there at 510. Hopefully, you should see three dots lined up on your piece of paper. And if you did a good job, not like me, mine is kind of sloppy, it starts to form like a little line. And this line is ascending straight up. And that's what we want to see. Because that line going up means that's your grade going up. Every question you get right, your grade gets higher and higher. So this is a visual representation of the little grade matrix that we made up here. If you're 0, 0, well, you're at the bottom, but you can only go up. And every question you you get right, you know, and every time you go to the right, it goes up, even further up. Okay? And that's how you would graph this dependent and independent variables. By the way, what is an independent variable? It is your x variable, remember. So independent is your x. And what is your dependent? Remember, it's your answer your final answer your final grade in this case so that's your y variable so your dependent is your y it depends on how many questions you got right if you think of it that way so that should go along the y-axis those things should start to sink in and if you can memorize the x and y's uh that is half the battle guys that is half the battle all right uh that's pretty good man let's leave it there Let's see what how much time we took. Hold on. My phone is uh, acting up. 12 minutes. That's a little long. But uh, this is a core concept. If you get this now, boy, is your life going to be easier. All right. Uh, as always, go to Khan Academy. Practice a little bit there. 15 minutes tops. Join us for the next t- segment. Till next time, Mr. E over and out. Okay, guys, this is Mr. E. There's a little bonus episode here. I went to Khan Academy and I went to the practice uh, tables from equations with two variables. So I basically went to practice like you would practice online. And um, let me tell you what I see. So if you, in case you're going to go do this, you're going to be like, well, he didn't talk about this in the lesson. Let me break it down for you. Because the thing with mathematicians is they like to make things look different. Okay, to try and trick you. They do. I don't know why. They're mean like that. Okay, but if you analyze it correctly, you could make it, you could, you could find the familiar parts about it, and then you can work it. So, let's see, they say, uh, um, complete the table for the given rule. Okay, and they put a rule or an equation. See, they call the equation a rule <laughs> to throw you off. But it's got an equal sign. It's got y equals something, y equals x minus 4, and can you see what they did, too? Uh, what they did there to trick you they flip-flopped where you put the answer normally you do x plus 4 equals y but in this case they put the y on the left hand side and then they put your uh, little operation on the right hand side well guess what since there's an equal sign in the middle you it doesn't matter which side you put the stuff on okay it goes it goes both ways if you want to think about it that way Alright, so the equal sign is kind of like that middle ground. Okay, you go, the left hand side and the right hand side can flip-flop. Okay, but look, what do we see that's familiar? Well, I see X's and Y's, I do see that. I see a table, they have half a table filled out. And the Y column, let's look at that, it has a 6, a 0, and a 4. Why? That doesn't look like anything like we did before. What we did before had a nice little pattern. I don't know if you remember, it was 0, 5, 10, 15, 20. That's a beautiful pattern. And even the one with bigger numbers, the 40 bucks a month uh, for the gym membership was 40, 80, 120. Bigger numbers, but a nice, pretty pattern. Uh, This one's 604. I mean, it just does, it goes, it starts high, goes to zero, then goes back up. So it seems to be doing crazy things. Okay. So, how can we attack this? Okay, well, what I can do is, you see the Y, and they say the Y is 6. I could go ahead, well, first of all, I could write the equation. Let's start there. Let's start with an action item. You write the equation, Y equals X minus 4. And I always start with what I know. And what I know is what they tell me, that one of the Ys is, can be the value of 6, so underneath the equation, underneath the y, I I write a 6. So I literally replace the letter y with a, now a 6. Now I have 6 equals, and I want to bring down the rest of the equation because I don't know what the rest is, so I just bring it down as is. x minus 4. I have 6 equals x minus 4. Hmm. Now I can ask myself one question. This is kind of cheating because you can do this with small numbers. So what minus 4 would give you 6? This really isn't using the algebraic method. But it's just thinking, what number, if you take away 4, gives you 6? I know what the answer is. It's 10, isn't it? So 10 minus 4 equals 6. So that x value really represents the number 10. It's just hidden. So now I can go to my table where I have x column and a Y column, and where the Y column has a 6 right next to it or to the left, I could put in a 10 for the X value. Do you see that, how I figured out what X is? I literally just put the little bit of information that I need to be true, started with that, and then use a little bit of logic. Let's see if we can do it again. Let's write the equation again, Y equals X minus 4, And for y-value, let's use 0. Let's put 0 because they tell us that's one of the end results is a 0. So I'm going to put 0 equals x minus 4. Hmm. Now I'm going to read this sentence in a different way. What number minus 4 equals 0? Oh, wow. When you say it out loud like that, it's even easier. What number, guys, minus 4 equals... So take away 4 is going to give you 0. It's obvious, isn't it? 4 minus 4 is 0. So in this case, the x value represents a 4. So now I go back to my table. When y is 0, what is my x value? Why, it's 4, isn't it? Okay, deal. I only have one left to figure out. Check this out. I'm going to write my formula again. This is one time I don't want to be lazy because you want a visual uh, each time so you don't make a mistake. So the y I want to replace with the number four. So I'm going to write a four equals, and then I write the whole thing again x minus four. Or I write that other part just as it was. Four equals x minus four. Then I read it to myself in a different way. What number minus four gives you four? What number, if I take away 4, the answer's 4. It's it's 8. 8 minus 4 is 4, isn't it? So in this case, X is really a secret letter for 8. So I could write that in my table. 8 is the X value when Y is 4. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and plug that into Khan Academy. I am confident in my answer, so I'm writing... Ten in the first spot, four in the second spot, and eight in the third spot. I'm going to do the check. Boop. Got my little booring, and I'm good to go. All right, so don't be afraid if in Khan Academy you see something that looks a little different. Uh, remember, they're trying to trick you. Go back to the videos or just think, what part do I know? And have your pencil ready. Let your pencil do the talking. Alright, as always, to help out, this is Mr. E. Do you want to do one more? Let's just see what what the next one is before we go. Oof. Okay. They just mix it around a little bit. It's the same thing. You have an X column, a Y column. You have a rule or an equation. Y equals X minus 3. The only thing is they don't give you all the Ys. They give you one X. you got to figure out what the Y is. And then the other one, they give you a Y. You've got to figure out what the X is. But that's easy. That's just plugging and play. If they give you an X, that's the part you know. You replace the X with the number they give you. And then you, you try and figure out the logic. Okay? There's a different way to do it algebraically. Uh, but for now, uh, let's go with this method. And uh, yeah. Until next time, Mr. E over and out. Okay, this is Mr. E with bonus number two. This is for the practice labeled match equations to coordinates on a line. Okay, and I pulled up that practice session and voila, Ken Academy gives me a beautiful graph. That's why I like using this with Khan Academy. And I could look at my X line, my uh my yeah, X line, and it's labeled 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So that's beautiful. Okay, and then I can look at my Y line, the, the one going up and down, labeled Y, and it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, so it's perfect. Not a lot of trickery in this line. I see two dots um, on this graph. Remember, we said essentially graphing is putting dots on a piece of paper. True to word, there's nothing to be afraid of. You have two dots. Now what we have to figure out is how. The logic behind these two dots. Why are these dots where they are at? Okay, so let's first analyze where the dots are at. And let's start at that magical place where it all began. Zero, zero, the origin. And that's where the X and Y lines meet. You remember that where they cross? Remember the X line and the Y line really create a cross where those two lines touch that is our starting point that's our origin that's our zero zero that's where we got zero questions right on a test remember you got zero points we're starting from there and remember when we're graphing we always go right or left first and then up or down one way to think about this is you have to run before you jump okay so picture a little man running around the line and then he has to run to where he's going and then he has to jump up or jump down. Okay. So starting at zero, zero, the origin where there's a dot. I literally have to run to the right one, two spots. And then I have to go up four spots. One, two, three, four to reach my first dot. So we would say the coordinate for that dot is two, four. Two is the X value. I went to the right two times x value independent value same thing and then I went up four spots so my y value my dependent variable in this case uh, sorry dependent value is four so we have a dot at two four okay got that I want to write that down I'm gonna write that down just in case two four now let's go back to zero zero always go back to the beginning okay And let's find out where that other dot is. Let's count how many times to the right we have to go. One, two, three, four. Four times to the right. So our X value is already four. I can write that down. And then let's count up. I see it's eight. Okay, I can just cheat and look to the left side and say that's right at eight. So the Y value is eight. Now I have my table that I could literally look at and stare at for a little bit. If I label... The 2 and the 4, if I label that my X column, and then the 4 and the 8 on the right-hand side, I label that my Y column just to make it clear, and I draw my little line to divide the two things, I have a little table that I can look at. And my X's are 2 and 4, and my Y's are 4 and 8. Okay, that's one way to look at it. How about if I just look at the Y's? Look at the Y's. It goes from 4 to 8. What do you think the next one would be? Probably 12, if it's, if it's counting by fours. But uh, let's see if it works. But you really, you can only do that if the x's are incrementing by one. And in this case, they skip a number, they skip a three. So we don't know what, uh, what that is. So the other way to approach this is to ask yourself one question. Here it goes, are you ready? What, here's the question. You look at the 2, the very first number that we have on our x values. You look at the 2. What do I have to do to that 2? What number do I multiply that 2 to get to 4? I have to multiply by 2, right? Because 2 times 2 is 4. Last time I checked. Okay, let's see if the same thing works for the next number. Let's look at the 4 that's underneath there. 4 times what gives me 8, which is in my y column? Oh yeah, 4 times 2 gives me 8. So guess what operation I'm doing to each of the x values to get my y value. Why I'm multiplying times two, aren't I? Okay, so now that I know that, I can look at my options, and I only have two options, y equals two times x, or y equals two x, or y equals x plus two, or two plus x. Am I adding or am I multiplying? Well, we said we were multiplying early, because 2 times 2 is 4, and 4 times 2 is 8. So we're not adding 2, we're multiplying 2. Which of these equations says multiply by 2? Multiply the x by 2, and you get what your y is. y, it's the 2x. y equals 2x. It's that one, right? So I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to hit check. Good work. Okay, so we got that one. That one's a little trickier. Okay, so um, go over this lesson a couple times, practice, 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 all right. All right, guys, this is Mr. E again with the bonus practice kind of answers, walking you through the answers for the practice. I'm doing the practice relationships between quantities and equations and graphs, and lo and behold, this is word problems, so this is where some of you struggle the most, so this might be the most helpful. I'm going to go ahead and read what the word problem says on this practice page. It says, you and your brother are reading the same novel. You want to get ahead of him in the book. So you decide to read 30 minutes longer than your brother reads. Okay, that sounds simple enough. 30 minutes longer. Do you have your pen out? I already have mine written 30+. plus because I know 30 minutes longer, I know how to say that mathematically, that's plus 30, okay? And um, I know I'm gonna have two variables here, me and my brother. Okay, my, uh, my name's Enrique, so I'm gonna go with E, my variable is E, and my brother's name is TJ, so I'm gonna go with T for him, okay? So right now I haven't written anything I haven't given any answer, but I know the pieces of my puzzle now. My puzzle really has three pieces that I know of. It has an E, a variable for me, a T, a variable for my brother, and a plus 30. I know I'm going to add 30 at some point. Okay. The instruction says, write an equation for the number of minutes you read, and it has a Y, when your brother reads X number of minutes. Okay. Okay. So they want Y for you, okay, and they want X for my brother. Okay, well, I could use either one of those, okay? T or, T or X or E or Y. Okay, let's go with their words. We're going to use Y for you and X for your brother. Yeah, he's brother X. Mixter X. You remember that in Speed Racer? It's before your time. Anyways... And then we have number of minutes. So let's put an M for number of minutes. Ooh, another variable. Okay, does that make sense? Write an equation. Equation. What do you remember? Always start with what you know, the easy part. Equation has what? Equi- equation has an equal sign. Yes, an equal sign. So let's write an equal sign. And it has a left-hand side and a right-hand side. Okay, so I put boxes in there, little spaces. Literally, the picture is coming together. Half the battle is there. What do we want on the left-hand side? Well, let's think about this. Write an equation for the number of minutes. So that's M already on my left-hand side. The number of minutes you read Y when your brother reads X number of minutes. Okay, let's think about this. Your brother reads X number of minutes. So that's gonna be X. So on my right-hand side, I'm gonna write X. No, I'm gonna write an M, actually. Okay? And then on the left-hand side, where I have, where it's for me, I know I wanna read 30 minutes more than him, so I'm gonna put M plus 30. Okay? So one side has a variable plus 30, and the variable stands for number of minutes. And then the other side just has the number of minutes, the original number of minutes that your brother read. Okay, so let's see if we can write this out here. I'm going to say, boy, how do they want us to write this? Right. The equation for the number of minutes you read when your brother reads X number of minutes. Okay, so I think what they want us to do here is put Y equals, because that's you read, and then since it's X number of minutes, we're going to say X plus 30. Okay, so it's a little bit different than how I read it out, because they're very, being very specific as to your variables. But uh, that's okay. Something plus 30, X plus 30, equals Y. Let's see if we get that. Well, and then there's another part. How how many minutes will you read if your brother reads for 15 minutes? Okay, well, that's actually the easiest part of this whole thing. If our equation is right, if it is y equals x plus 30, I'm going to write that equation down. And then they tell us my brother reads for 15 minutes. So I'm going to replace the x with a 15 because that's what they're telling me. My brother read for 15 I want to read for 30 minutes more, so 15 plus 30 gives me what? That's right, 45. So I will have have to read for 45 minutes if my brother reads for 15. Okay, that makes sense. I'm confident this answer is ready. Let's do check. Boom, I got the little signal. Hopefully you can hear that. All right, Um, again, I want to say the theory is always a little different in practice, okay? So there is some thought that has to go into how you apply what you know that is true in life, it is true in math. Uh, Don't beat yourself up, okay? And if you have a question, leave a question on my podcast and I try and answer them. right, as always, Mr. E over and out, five minutes later. Hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery, podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. My name is Enrique Estevio, and I go by Mr. E. What is your name? Excellent. All right, as always, we begin with why. Why this podcast? Well, because I've been in your math classes, and I can help. With this podcast, you can pause or rewind if you miss an explanation or you don't understand something, and I keep my explanations short, and I try to make them lively or interesting. So, and by short, by the way, I mean five minutes or less, so that's good. So what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? This episode is about adding by ten. Okay? So I'm sure you know how to add plus one, plus two, plus three. Now we get to two-digit numbers by ten. And it corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under the second grade called adding one versus adding ten. As always, feel free to look up the video on Khan Academy in addition to this podcast, so you have a visual. Okay, what did we talk about in the previous episode? Uh, nothing. This is the first episode for second grade, so welcome. I do try and tie in, though, what we talked about last time with this time, so there's some continuity. All right, remember every episode has an action item. That means you write it down when you hear action item. For example, write your name, action item, do it now, I'm waiting, all right, at least make sure you have a pencil in your hand, and if you can't write it down, visualize yourself writing it, that does help. Okay, let's begin our lesson now, adding by tens. What is your favorite number? Some might say seven, some might say two. So I might say 4. Okay, my favorite number is 10. And I'll tell you why, because 10 is magical. And I'll show you one of the properties, uh, magical properties of 10 right now by adding 10 to any number. It is super easy. But let's start with something you know. Let's add just one. What if I asked you to add 27 plus 1? Would you know what the answer is? Come on, Mr. E, he may be saying, that's too easy. 27 plus 1, I know is 28. Okay, true. Let's analyze it for a minute. How did you get there? Well, all you had to do when you're adding by 1 is you look at the 1s column. In this case, it's a 7. And you count up one time. You literally just go from a 7 to the next number up, which is an 8. And that's all you have to do. You change the 7 to an 8, You write the 2, and you put an 8 next to it, and you're done, right? Well, adding by 10s is very similar to that, except that instead of changing the number in the 1s column, we're going to leave that column alone, and we're going to change the number in the 10s column and increase that by 1. So, for example, what if I asked you to add 27 plus 10? What would be your answer? Well, let's see. My answer is going to have a 7 in it at the end because we said we're not touching the 1's column like before. So I could put a 7 down. Now the only thing that's left is to look at the 10's column. It's a 2 and add 1 to it. Well, what's 2 plus 1, guys? Exactly, 3. So I write a 3 in my answer. That's your action item. Write 27 plus 10 equals 37. Boom you got your final answer. See how easy that is? What if we had to add another 10? Well, 37 would become what? 47? You're right. What if we had to add another 10? Well, the four becomes a five, so 57. What about another 10? 67. What about another 10? 77. What about another 10? 87. What about another 10? 97. And then at 100, it changes a little bit. We won't go into that right now. But see how easy it is to add by tens? Super easy, guys. By the way, after 100, it just goes back to zero. You have to remember that it kind of goes back to zero and you start over. Zero, one, two, three, four, five. So anyhow, that's it. That's the lesson. Uh, Let's see how long it's been. Probably just five minutes is a quick and easy one. Adding by ten is a trick that will help you your whole life. Okay? It is wonderful. Alright, as always, my name is Mr. E, encouraging you to practice on Khan Academy. It will only take 15 minutes tops. Go ahead and log on. Make sure you log on so it keeps track of your progress. That is part of learning, knowing where you stand and how much you've done. Join us for our next segment. Till next time, Mr. E, over and out. Hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery Podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. See what I did there? All right, my name's Enrique Estevillo. What is your name? Why? We always begin with why. Why this podcast? Well, because I've sat in your math classes and I can help. Also, with this podcast, you can pause or rewind if you missed something or you didn't understand something or you spaced out. Also, I try to keep my explanations short around five minutes. And I try to make them lively and interesting. So, what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? This episode is about subtracting 1 versus subtracting 10. And it corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under grade 2 called Subtracting 1 versus Subtracting 10. It's in its own block. As always, feel free to look up the video on Khan Academy in addition to this podcast. What did we talk about in the previous episode? Do you remember? Well, funny enough, we talked about adding ones and tens. Okay? So, uh, today's lesson corresponds directly with the previous lesson. We were adding by ten, and now we're going to subtract by ten. Okay? It's almost as easy, uh, but you have to count backwards. We're going to see in a little bit if you can count backwards. Remember, every episode has an action item. When you hear, do it now, that is your action item. That means I want you to write it down at that moment. If you can write it down, at least visualize yourself writing it down or write it in the air so you could sort of uh, go through the motions. Okay, it'll help anyways. All right, let's begin by writing your name. Make sure that you have a pencil in your hand. Go ahead and just write your name. Beautiful. Okay, you're ready. All right, let's begin our lesson now. Subtracting 1 versus subtracting 10. All right, I want you to imagine, please. Well, first of all, let's see. Can you count down from 10? Let's see if you can do that. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, don't worry. Nothing's going to blow up. 3, 2, 1, right? Nothing happened. So a countdown. You've done this before. OK, it is quite simple, but it is essentially putting our brain in reverse. Instead of counting up, we're counting down. OK, so subtracting or takeaway, which I like that phrase better. Subtracting by tens is really like adding by ten, but we count down instead of counting up. We're going to count the tens place. So let's use the example that we used before. Twenty-seven and one. But instead of 27 plus 1, which we said was 28, we're going to do 27 minus 1. Can you tell me what that is? Oh, well, that's easy, Mr. E. All I got to do is look at the ones place, which is a 7. And I'm taking away 1, so I'm going to count down 1. So 7, what goes before 7? 6. So 26 is my answer. Boom, and you'd be correct. Okay, so that'd be easy. That's when you're taking away from the ones place. When we're, take, when we're subtracting 10, though, are we taking away from the ones place? Or are, should we take away from the tens place? If you said the tens place, you are correct. So let's do 27 minus 10 in our heads 27 minus 10. Now we say we're going to leave the ones place alone, right? So it's seven minus zero. That's going to give us seven. So let's write that down. There's going to be a seven in our answer no matter what, because we're not touching the ones place. The only thing we're counting down is the tens place. And we're starting at two, and we're counting down one. Well, what goes before two, or what is two minus one? It's one, isn't it? That was fairly obvious. So our answer, if we put a one down next to the seven in the right order, hopefully one and then a seven, um, you see 17. And that is your answer. Twenty seven minus ten is 17. It's a one and a seven put together. Okay, easy peasy. You're counting down. Nothing you can't do. You just got to be sure to count from the tens place and not count down the ones place. All right. Uh, let's stop this lesson here. Let's see what time we're at. Oh yeah, 5 minutes almost exact. Good. Please log on to canacademy.org and practice some more. It would only take 15 minutes tops. Join us for our next segment till next time, Mr. E, over and out. Hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E or Mystery podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. My name is Enrique Estevillo. What is your name? Excellent. Why this podcast, you may be wondering? Well, because I've sat in your math classes and I can help. With this podcast, you can pause or rewind. If you didn't hear something or if you didn't understand something, you could go over it over and over again. And I try to keep my explanations short, about five minutes. Okay? So what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E.? Well, we're adding two-digit numbers without regrouping, all right? Adding two-digit numbers. It corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under Algebra 1, I'm sorry, under Grade 2, this is not Algebra yet, under Grade 2 with the same name, adding two-digit numbers without regrouping. You've done probably uh, one-digit numbers up to now, okay, which is... 9 plus 4, which would be 13, or 2 plus 2, which would be 4, or 5 plus 5, which is 10, or 5 plus 2. You get it, okay? One-digit numbers. But now, what if it's two-digit numbers? What if it's 23 plus 7? Something like that. Or 23 plus uh, 45? Something like this, where they're both two digits. It looks big, it looks scary, but don't be scared. It's the same thing. Bigger things are a lot like little things, there's just more of them, okay? So before we only had to do one step, and now we have to do two or three steps, okay? But it's the same step. Alright, so let's get to it. Uh, Actually, before we do that, let's remind you what was the previous episode about. Well, we added two-digit numbers in the previous episode and subtracted them. Um, We did 27 plus 10 and 27 minus 10, and we did that fairly easy. But 10 is the easiest number because it's kind of cheating. Even though it has two numbers, we only got to worry about one of them. So now we're going to get into what if it's not the perfect 10? Okay, what if it's a different two-digit numbers? What do we do then? All right, remember, every episode has an action item. That means you write it down. Uh, When you hear do it now, please write it down. All right, let us begin our lesson now. Can you imagine adding 71 Plus 24. Oof, those are scary numbers. Let's write it down. This is your action number. That's it. We have one problem to do 71 plus 24. Don't get scared. In this case, it is important to write it one number on top of each other. So I wrote 71 and then underneath it, I wrote plus 24. Okay? In this case, and many cases in math, it is important to be neat. So your 4 should be right below your one, okay, it should line up, okay, and your two should be below your seven, okay, so you should have a seven and then a two directly underneath it, okay, so your ones uh, column should sort of line up in a neat column, and then your tens column should be underneath each other, okay, if everything is neat, and if you stack them, look how easy it makes life. All we do is we start with the ones column, okay? Now I'm going to tell you a secret. Um, You could really start anywhere in the tens column if you wanted to, but for this, the way I was taught is you start in the ones column. So we're going to do it that way and then I'm going to show you a different way. Let's go with the standard way. Okay. In the ones column we have one and a four. Guys, come on. What's one plus four? Easy. Five, right? I mean that's literally just counting up one. So that's easy. And then, now we go to the tens column. 7 plus 2. What is 7 plus 2? Well, we got 7, 8, 9. we always start with the next one, okay? That's important when you're adding. You just, you don't start, even if, if we're adding 7 plus 2, you don't start counting at 7. You start counting at the next one. So you go 8, 9. Now you've added two of them. And you stop right there. So 9 is the answer. So now look at what you've written down. A 9 and a 5 guess what our final answer is If you said 95 you are correct all right it is that easy okay we just add one column and then we move over to the other column and we go from right to left that's sort of like the backwards part okay Where we're going from right to left so that is the lesson for today easy-peasy two-digit numbers little scary but nothing you can't handle Let's stop our lesson now. Please log on to Khan Academy and practice some more. Uh, Join us for next segment. Till next time, Mr. E, over and out. Okay, hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery Podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. I'm Mr. E. What is your name? Excellent. Why listen to a math podcast? Let's begin with why. Because, number one, you can pause or rewind if you miss something or you didn't understand something very well. Two, I try to make the lessons simple, just math in plain English, yet hopefully fun and interesting. And three, I keep my explanation short, five to 15 minutes. So there you go, three good reasons. Okay, but now you may be wondering, what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E.? Well, this episode will hopefully be remembered as the one with Chuck Norris and Plums. Yep, you heard me. Chuck Norris and Plums. It corresponds with the Ken Academy lesson called Intro to Combining Like Terms under the Algebra 1 course. Okay? Intro to Combining Like Terms. This is kind of like a new topic. All right. Um, as always, feel free to look up the video on Ken Academy in addition to this podcast Yes, we encourage that. What did we talk about in the previous episode? Uh, It was dependent, independent variables, graphing, but I'm not going to get too much into that because this lesson kind of stands on its own and we're going to continue from here on this trajectory of combining like terms. All right. Uh, Remember, every episode has an action item. So, do you have your pencil or pen ready? That's right. I don't care if you do math and pen. All right. But you should have something handy, ready to write with, because when it is time to write, uh, it it is time to write. I'll say, do it now. And, uh, for example, right now, write your name. Do it now. And then I'll write my name, too. Okay? It helps. It helps to be ready. It helps to trigger the mind. It helps your memory. So many good things about writing things down. All right. uh, That's the episode. Let's begin this lesson now. All right. In Khan Academy, uh, Mr. Khan here <laughs> starts with the example of what if you had two Chuck Norrises? Okay, What could be more awesome than that? Okay, Two Chuck Norrises. So obviously we could write that as uh, he's got a little picture of a Chuck Norris plus another picture of Chuck Norris. So we could write that as a plus thing, couldn't we? Yes, we could or we could write that as a multiplication thing. We could put a big old fat two, and then next to it, a C for Chuck Norris. Two C, that's two times C, okay? Either one would be accurate. Hopefully you could see where I'm going here. Okay, you could combine things that are similar. We combined two Chuck Norris's, and we ended up with instead of one plus one, We have two C, two Chuck Norrises. Does that make sense? All right. So, he asked the question, what if you had three more Chuck Norrises? Well, then we'd have two two C plus three C. Okay, two Chuck Norrises plus another three Chuck Norrises. Okay, write that down. That is your action item. 2C plus 3C, okay? Because both variables are the same, you're looking at C, we can combine these like terms. They're essentially the same thing. They're all Chuck Norris, okay? So what happens when you combine 2C plus 3C? How many Chuck Norrises do you have? Why you have five, correct? So I literally can draw, or write underneath that, 5C. And I've combined all the Chuck Norrises I have into one. By the way, all the Chuck Norse's in the world don't compare to one Bruce Lee, but that's just my opinion. All right, going back to math here. Now, what if Chuck Norris likes to eat plums? Okay, something totally separate okay it's plums, and he wants seven plums so I'm gonna write 7P next to my equation now I have seven plums something totally different than Chuck Norris's can I combine the 7P with the 5C not really they're two separate totally separate things two variables that are different that are a different letter you cannot combine those You can just combine the ones that are the same. Okay, so if I have 5C plus 7P, and then he's like, hey, give me three more plums. I'm hungry. Plus 3P, okay, so I have 5C plus 7P plus 3P. Look at that, if you wrote it down, and tell me which one of those could you combine? That's right. The the ones with the P, you can combine that. Seven plums plus three plums gives you how many plums in total? Ten plums, right? So now we have ten plums, and I can literally just scratch out the 7P, 3P, and underneath just write 10P, because I've combined those. And then on the left-hand side, I just stay with my 5C. I can't really do anything with that. It ends looking like this. 5c plus 10p. And that's it. That's the end. I know it doesn't look like the answer you're used to. You're used to just ending with a number. But get used to this. When you're combining like terms, there comes a point where that's as far as you can go. You've combined all the like terms that there are. And the only thing left are terms that are not alike. Okay? You have Chuck Norris on one side and you have plums on the other. Okay? Who's going to win? 5C plus 10P. All right. That's about it. That's the explanation for combining like terms. Um, what else? Let us stop our lesson here. Let's see what the time is. Please log on to KhanAcademy.org intro to combining like terms. You could see the video for yourself. Uh, hold on. I'm still working on the time here. Yeah, seven minutes. We're right within time. Join us for our next segment, till next time, and remember, you're going to remember this one as the episode with Chuck Norris. Till next time, Mr. E, over and out. Okay, hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E podcast, or Math with Mystery. See what I did there? All right, where we take the mystery out of math. I'm Mr. E, what is your name? Why listen to a math podcast? That's a good question. Let's begin with why. One, you can pause or rewind if you miss something or you don't understand something. You can go back. Listen to it again. Two, I try to make my math lessons simple in plain English. Okay? Yet, hopefully fun and interesting. Three, I keep my explanations short. And by short, I mean 5 to 15 minutes. Not 5 to 15 seconds. All right? So stay tuned. Okay, but now you may be wondering what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? Well, hopefully you'll remember this episode as the one with panda bears. Okay, it comes after Chuck Norris, panda or polar bears, whichever one you like better. All right. It corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under the Algebra 1 course called simplifying expressions, all right, simplifying expressions. As always, feel free to look up the video on Ken Academy in addition to this podcast. Yes, we encourage the use of the online practice tool and log in. Please log in. All right, what did we talk about in the previous episode, you may be wondering? Well, we talked about Chuck Norris, remember? We combined two Chuck Norrises and then... We added three more Chuck Norrises. So we had a total of five Chuck Norrises. And then we said Chuck Norrises were on one side. And he was going to fight or eat. I can't really remember what's better. uh, Plums. So something totally different. We had seven plums. And then three more plums. And we combined those. And we had a total of ten plums. Okay. And we combined them into ten p So we had 5C plus 10P, and that's how we ended our equation. We had combined the things that we could combine, but the things that are separate, like Chuck Norris's and Plum's, we cannot combine those, so they stay as separate things. I left out one very important question. What if your equation that you write down your answer at the end just has a number by itself, like let's say plus 6 or something like that, or plus 3? There's no letter next to the number. It's not like 6P or 6X. or It's just a 6 or just a 3. Can you combine that with anything else? The answer is, you can only combine it with other numbers that are by themselves. You can't just throw that plus 6 and say, well, now I have 6 more Chuck Norris's. No, no, no. You had a 6 by itself. It didn't have the C next to it. That is its own separate thing. Okay, it's just a 6. 6 what? I don't know. It's just a 6. Okay, you could combine that with, let's say you had a 2 somewhere just by itself. You could say, well, I know 6 plus 2 is 8. You know, and then you combine that, but then the 8 is by itself. You don't get to add 8 Chuck Norris's. That would be unfair, obviously. Alright, so different things are different things. When you're combining like terms, you can only combine like terms. Terms with the same letter. Okay? Blah, blah, blah. All right. Remember, every episode has an action item. That means you write it down. Write your name. Do it now. I'm going to write my name here. Make sure you have a pen or pencil. That's basically the point of that. All right. Let us begin our lesson now. Intro to combining like terms. All right. I'm sorry. Simplifying expressions. Here we go. So, we're going to talk about simplifying expressions and right away, the con um, gives us an expression, and it is 2, and then in parentheses, 3x plus 5. Go ahead and write it down, because this is not going to make sense if you don't have it in front of yourself. So I want you to write a 2, and then open parentheses, 3x plus 5, close parentheses. Does that make sense? You have a 2, and then something in parentheses. And that's something in parentheses is three x plus five. Okay. Now here's what's weird, guys. That's not the weird part. That you just write it down. The weird thing is when you simplify it. uh, We're gonna make this look a lot bigger, a lot longer. So it's gonna be like, man, that's not really simplifying, Mister E. You just made it more complicated. But there's times in life, guy, where guys, not guy, uh, guys, where. Um, it's really simpler to have a lot of little things that you could do and that you could do real quick, okay? And the only illustration that comes to mind is like picking up a deck of cards. Have you ever like spilled a deck of cards and you have 52 cards everywhere? And what happens if you try and get them in chunks? Sometimes the cards are not turned right and then you get this whole mess of a pile. Sometimes it's easier actually to go one plus one plus one and one card at a time and you kind of like even though it seems like it's going to take forever because you have 1 plus 1 plus 1. If you do it real quick, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, you have 52 cards in your deck, no time, okay? So this is one of those times where we're actually going to make the problem bigger, but at the end we could just add up everything or subtract it. And uh, that's what simplifying really means. It means we're going to get our problem to where there's no multiplication or very little. There's only really addition, if you will, addition or, or subtraction. So let's get to it. We have 2 imp- times 3x plus 5, and the 3x plus 5 is in parentheses. Well, if you remember anything about the distributive property and that's going back a ways, but that when you see something like this, you're going to distribute the 2 to both the 3x and the 5. So really, it becomes 2 times 3x, which is we're going to write down a 6x underneath it. And then we have really 2 times 5, which is 10, okay? And then I'm going to keep my plus sign because both of these or all these numbers were positive. So I'm going to write down 6x plus 10, okay? That literally is the way to, um, I guess, simplify this expression, okay? Now, I'm going to show you that this is right by doing it a totally different way. If In plain English, if I say I have two versions of 3x plus 5, or two instances, better said, of 3x plus 5, I could write this another way. I could put 3x plus 5, write that down, and then right underneath it, I have another 3x plus 5. Hmm? makes sense? This is going to be like combining Chuck Norris's here. Okay, now look at it. You have two 3x's and two 5's. Guess what happens when you try and combine like terms here? How many x's would you have? You have 3x plus 3x. Oh yeah, 6x's. Keep the plus sign. And then you have two 5's. What's 5 plus 5? Duh. 10. Okay, we're right back where we started. 6x plus 10. Congratulations. You've simplified this expression. Alright? Now, I hate to tell you, but that was the easy part. Because... Mr. Khan here gets complicated. Hold on, I'm having trouble with my little scrolling pin here. Technical difficulties. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Ta-ta-ta. Yeah, 6x plus 10, he gets the same answer. Okay, now here goes the big one. Get ready. Hold your nose, because here goes the cold water. We're going to write a 7. And then open parentheses. 3y minus 5, close parentheses, minus 2, open parentheses, 10 plus 4y, close parentheses. Woo, this is a long one. So we have 7, and then next to it, in, inside the parentheses, we have 3y minus 5. Then we have a minus. I would almost put a square around that minus. Keep that guy separate. And then we have a 2. And then inside the parentheses next to it, okay, we have a 2, and then a parentheses next to it. And inside that parentheses, we have 10 plus 4y. Okay, so let's go ahead and combine, I'm sorry, and distribute the numbers. Okay, we're going to distribute 7 to the 3y. Okay, we're just starting from left to right. And by distribute, I mean multiply. Okay, that's what that... When you have a parenthesis, it really means you're going to multiply these two numbers. But we have three numbers, so we have to multiply one number times one number, and then one number times the other number. So here we go. Seven times three, I know, is 21. And because there was a Y next to my three, I just put a Y next to my 21. So I have 21 Ys. Okay. I didn't say Ys. I said Ys. Okay, 21 Ys. I'm going to keep the minus sign that, that my parenthesis has. I'm going to keep that. And now I'm just going to look at the 5 by itself. And now I multiply the 7 that was on the outside of the parentheses times that 5. 7 times 5. I'm going to distribute my 7 to that 5. Well, 7 times 5 is, that's right, 35. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. You got it? So now I have 21y minus 35. No parentheses. Voila. I like it. Okay? The minus sign that was in my original problem. I'm going to bring that down. I'm going to write down minus sign and continue. Now I have a two times ten plus four y. Okay. I have something in parentheses. That means I'm going to multiply or distribute. Okay. I'm going to distribute that two to the ten and the two to the four y. Let's do it. Two times ten is y twenty. Of course. I'm going to keep the plus sign. I'm just going to bring that right down. That's important. And then I'm going to distribute the 2 that was on the outside to the 4Y. What's 2 times 4, guys? 8? Yes. And then I'm going to write a Y next to the 8, because that means I have 8Ys. I said Ys. So 2 times 4Y is 8Y. Does that make sense? We just kind of work the numbers and then write the letter. So now, let's look at the problem with new eyes. Let's look at what we have at the, at the end here. 21y minus 35 minus 20 plus 8y. Do you all have that? I hope you do. Now that we have it like this, guys, what can we do? We can combine like terms before we do anything. It makes life simple. So now we start to make things smaller. Let's do that. I have 21 Y's on this side, and I have 8 Y's on that. What happens when I combine 21 and 8? What do I get? Well, 21 plus 8 is 29, so now I have 29 Y. Does that make sense? Why, of course. Now look at what I have left. I have a 35 and a 20. But here's a key concept, guys. There's a minus sign before the 35 and a minus sign before the 20. I cannot ignore those minus signs okay? because that changes the value of the number. I'm taking away 35. I'm taking away 20. So in this case, that sign is going to go with the number. This is where we kind of attach that sign to both those numbers. So now I have negative 35 and negative 20. Does that make sense? And I'm going to combine those two numbers because they're just numbers. They don't have letters. So I can combine them. They're like terms, okay? I have negative 35 and negative 20. What happens when I combine two negative numbers? I get a bigger negative numbers, right? Like I have a negative 35 point, well, whatever. You get a bigger number. So 35 and 20 combine to be 55. So I have negative 55. Because you see what I did there? I added 35 plus 20 in my head. That's 55. But I know it's negative number, so I put a little negative number next to it. The negative number grew, if you will. The hole in the ground, I dug a hole 35 feet deep. And then you said, dig another 25 feet. Well, how big is the hole at the end? Even though I add those two numbers, I have a hole that's 55 feet deep. Okay, so it's negative 55. So anyways, final answer, you have it written down. 29Y minus 55. Congratulations. You've simplified a very long problem. Be proud of yourselves. All right. Uh, There was no panda there, but if you log on to Khan Academy video, you'll see that he puts a picture of a panda just to sort of balance out the Chuck Norris theme from last time. It's kind of cute, kind of hilarious. Well, what else? Let's stop our lesson here. Till next time, oh, remember to practice on Khan Academy. Till next time, my name is Mr. E, over and out. Wow, 14 minutes. Sorry about that. Okay, hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery Podcast, where we take the mystery out of math. I'm Mr. E. What is your name? Excellent. Let's begin with why. Why? Why listen to this math podcast? Because, one, you can pause or rewind when you miss something or don't understand something. Two, I try to make my math lessons simple. Just math, but in plain English. And, hopefully, a little fun and interesting. Three, I keep my explanations short. Five to 15 minutes at the most. Okay? Okay so that's good. Okay, but now you may be wondering what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? Well, this episode is a challenge. We're gonna remember this as the challenge of combining like terms. Okay, and it corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson called Combining Like Terms Challenge Problem. Alright? Uh, as always, feel free to look up the video on Khan Academy in addition to this podcast. What did we talk about in the previous episode? Well, we were combining like terms. That's what we've been doing. And if you remember, uh, we kind of did a complicated one where we first had to distribute uh, the numbers and basically multiply and make the number bigger, and then we combine the terms to make them smaller. So that is our ultimate goal again to make things smaller. They're going to give us a huge problem and we're going to shrink it. All right? So don't be afraid of big. I'm going to show you how to, chall- how to take on the challenge in just a second. All right. Remember, every episode has an action item. That means you have to write it down at some point. You have to write something down. Write your name, for example, right now. Okay? It helps to have a pen and paper in hand so you're ready to work. Chances are, you won't remember what I said, but you'll remember what you wrote down, even if it's a doodle. That's the power of writing things down. So let's write it down when it comes time. All right, let's begin our lesson now. Intro to Combining Like Terms Challenge Problem. All right, Mr. Khan here gives us a lovely problem with, let's see, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight terms. That means, terms, means pieces to the puzzle, okay? I'll give you an example. The first term is negative three Y. That's one term, okay, one little chunk. Then it has a plus, then it has four X Y. That's another term. The four X Y all together, that's like represents one number, okay, or one term. So if you want to think about it the way I think about it is everything in between the plus or minus sign is a term. So you count everything, that's not a plus or minus sign, okay? Like I said, it's eight terms, okay? But I love this because it hammers home two very important points, okay? One, how do you handle something that's huge, that's a huge problem? And Khan gives you a very important life tip here. Color code. Okay, he color codes this problem. So I encourage you at some point to buy... A box of colored pencils. You'll see the magic of doing math in color. It's life changing, okay? So that's number one. And number two, uh, it hammers home an important point that I only touched last time, which is what to do with the minus sign, okay? It's easy kind of to combine like terms when we're just adding. Remember we added Chuck Norris's. We started with one Chuck Norris and we added another and we have two Chuck Norris's. Then you add three Chuck Norris's, boom, you got five. It's very easy to add. But when there's a minus sign, now we get into negative numbers and where does the minus sign go? Does it go with this number? So I'm glad we have this challenge problem. All right. Here's another thing that's important. So maybe it's three things that I didn't highlight. We said like terms, if you remember, are terms that have the same letter. Okay, so 4x and 3x. They both have the same letter X, so we can combine those two. But here's the trick question. What if one term is, let's say, 3X, and then the other term is a 4XY? So there's an X, but there's a Y right next to it. Does that count? Since they both have an X, can you combine those? The short answer is no. It has to be the same exact variable after the number, okay? So an X cannot be combined, a 3X cannot be combined with a 4XY, okay? Why? Because essentially they're different numbers. And if you want to understand that, all you have to do is take the time to replace the X and a Y with real numbers. Let's say the X is 2 and the Y is 3. Okay, follow me. X is 2, Y is 3. Well, what is 3X or 3 times 2? That is really 6. So 3x represents the real number 6 in that case. Now let's go for 4xy. We have 4 times 2 times 3. Well, you can do that in your head, right? Because the x is 2 and the y is 3, we said. So we have 4 times 2 times 3. What's 4 times 2? It's 8. What's 8 times 3? That's 24. 4xy really represents 24. Totally different number. Beast, okay, we can't just combine those all right, so that's why x, y, and y we are treat them differently. Another trick question: What about if it's y and y squared so it's they both have y, but one has a little little baby two, a little exponent uh two next to it. Can we combine those? be tempting It'd be tempting. they're both the same letter. all it is is one has a little two. But again, the answer is no, and it's easy to see why when we plug in a number. Let's plug in 3 for Y, okay? So 1 is just Y, let's say, and that's the number 3. And then the other one is Y squared. So that means 3 squared. What is 3 squared? That's a 9. So the other one represents a 9. So that's a totally different number if you, you know, work it out in your head. So bottom line, we can only do same, same. All right? And then Khan does a great job of looking through the, scanning through the thing. I'm going to go ahead and mute my thing, but I'm going to hit play so I can see what he does. He first takes the first letter, Y, and he takes the color white, and he literally writes the problem again, little piece by piece. So this would be your to-do item. Write this down. Negative 3Y. And then he looks in the problem for another just Y, and there's a 2Y. That's the only one that's by itself. And there's a plus before it, so it's going to be plus 2Y. And that little guy is going to be one thing, okay? We could put a square. If you don't have a color, do like a square or a shape, something. That's one piece of the puzzle. And you could already see, by the way, that when we combine those, we're going to end up with just negative 1Y or negative Y. Okay, because now we're just going back to just adding, well, this has a negative number. But still, we're combining like terms, a negative three and a two, fairly easy. It's going to be negative one. And we don't write the negative one per se, because negative y is the same thing as saying negative one y. So we just get lazy and forget the one. So we can already see that part of the problem going away. And then he gets a different color. Again, view every Anything complicated in your life, I don't care what it is, laundry, uh, sorting money, you start color coding things and you're going to see that it pops out in your eye what to do. So let's pick a different color or shape, 4xy, and we're going to look for another xy in the problem and has negative 4xy, oh these are my favorite. I'm going to write down 4xy and then a minus 4xy. Because you sort of have to take the sign that's right next to the number. So if there's a minus, you take that sign with it. So look at here. I have 4xy minus 4xy. What's any number minus itself going to give you? Zero. Right? 7 minus 7 is zero. So 4xy minus 4xy is zero. If you have the same thing and you take it here and then you subtract the same thing from itself, poof, you've just... What's the word I'm looking for? Canceled out. That's the word. So those cancel out. So I will literally cross those out. Like I just, they're gone. Okay, I don't have to worry about them. Let's move on. He has a uh, pick a different color, sorry, or a different shape. And then let's do negative. He's going to pick the x squared, negative 2x squared. And you're going to look for another x squared. And there's a positive 3x squared. Oh my, my. Look at here. We have 3 and 2 again, and all we got to do this time, the 3 is positive and the 2 is negative, so 3 minus 2 is 1. So we're going to have 1x squared. Do you see that? And then we scan through the problem. Look how small our problem is getting. We've basically cut it more in half. The only thing left is a 2x in the example in the video and then a y squared. And since there's nothing to pair those things with, we just literally write 2x plus y squared in the answer. Okay, so that's just gonna come right down from the original problem. And then we're gonna write negative y plus 1x squared uh, next to it, or before it, or after it, it doesn't matter. And that is our final answer. We've literally brought down a problem with eight terms and we've combined like terms and now we only have four terms and two of them are so small it's not even funny. Negative y and x squared. I mean those are just you know very simple things to do once we know what y and x are. So anyways that's your lesson for today. Uh, Hopefully it'll serve you in life. Color code. Excel lets you color code. Index card lets you color code. Uh, When you're filing you're going to have to color code. Uh, Gosh, any sort of task management list color-coded is better. Uh, Look around in your classroom. You'll see that your teacher probably has folders that are color-coded, instructions that are color-coded. You'll see that a lot in workplaces, too. Uh, Color-coding, one of the keys to organization. It just makes life easy. It makes stuff pop out in your eyes uh, so you can visually just see, oh, these two things are related uh, without thinking about it. We don't, we don't like to think too, you know, as, as little as we have to. All right, that's it. Let's stop the thing there. We're at the lesson there, 1156. Please log on to KenAcademy.org and practice some more. It will only take 15 minutes tops. In this one case, five minutes because we've already done it. Join us for our next segment. Till next time, Mr. E, over and out. Hello, and welcome to the Math with Mr. E, or Mystery Podcast where we take the mystery out of math. I'm Mr. E. What is your name? Excellent. Let's begin with why. Why listen to a podcast? Because, one, you can pause or rewind if you missed something or you didn't understand something. Two, I try to make the lesson simple in, in plain English, and yet hopefully fun and interesting. Three, I keep my explanations short, 5 to 15 minutes at the most. Okay, but now you may be wondering, what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? Well, this episode will hopefully be remembered as the one with Handsome Jack and Ponies. Oh yeah, you heard me right. Handsome Jack and Ponies and some terrible FSA question. Alright, let's see, it corresponds with the Khan Academy lesson under the Algebra 1 course called Interpreting Linear Expressions, Colon, Diamonds. Alright, as always, feel free to look up the video on Khan Academy in addition to this podcast. What did we talk about in the previous episode? Well, that's a different section, so it doesn't really uh, correlate to what we're going to do now, so we're going to skip that part of it. All right, remember every episode has an action item. That means you write it down. Okay? Write your name. Do it now. I'm writing the long version of my name here. All right, that makes sure that you have a pencil and paper ready. Okay? You will remember only what you write down. Chances are what I said goes in one ear, out the other. Okay? What you write down, you will remember. All right, let us begin our lesson now. Let's see. All right, the Ken Academy has a word problem. We love word problems, okay? Uh, that was a joke. And uh, it's also an FSA-type word problem where you have to drag and drop the answers, okay? So I know you know how to drag and drop But here's the thing, where it gets tricky, like, so all your right answers are on one side, there's more than one right answer that you can drag over, and so I find this to be a really useful um, lesson, even if it's just for seeing what the FSA, you know, questions are like. All right, so I'm going to read the word problem that it has. Handsome Jack is buying a pony made of diamonds. I told you it was about Handsome Jack and a pony. All right. The price of the pony is P dollars. Hold on one second. I have to get rid of something here on the screen. Yeah, the price of the pony is P dollars. And Jack also has to pay a 25% diamond pony tax. Okay, so they try and get cute with you here. But basically, he's buying a horse or a pony, and it's made of diamonds, and there's a tax on it. Okay, 25%. Okay. Okay. You need to remember this about percents. If you get rid of the percent sign, all you have to do is move the decimal over two spaces to the left. So look at here, your first righty lesson, 25%, write that down. You got that written down? Now underneath it, get rid of the percent, scratch it, and then pretend there's a little decimal right there where the percent was, okay? I want you to draw two little, like uh, little circles where you're moving the decimal over two times to the left. OK? Two places to the left. So at the end, you're going to end up with 0.25. That's how you convert a decimal uh, percent to a decimal. It's that easy. There's other ways to do it, but that's the easiest way. Two decimals to the left. Got it? All right, you're going to have to know that uh, just, just to do anything. OK. Match the expressions to their meaning for Handsome Jack. Well, okay, Handsome Jack. The first one is easy. The price of the diamond pony before tax. And then on our left, we have all the possible things that we can match, okay? We have .25p, p plus, I'm not going to read them all, but you have a list and then you're supposed to drag it over. Let's just think common sense. They want the price of the diamond pony before tax. Well, the paragraph tells us what the price is, but here's the trick. It's not a dollar amount. It just says, the price of the pony is P dollars. It leaves it as a variable. Okay, that may be a little confusing for you because the answer is still a question in a sense. But all we got to do is drag over the P to there, and we're done. Okay, the, the price is P, and that, that variable stands for whatever the price is. We don't know the exact answer. It's a variable. Okay, let's move on. They want us to drag the amount of tax Handsome Jack pays. Okay, again, we go back to the paragraph and we look for this answer. I uh, look for the keyword tax, and then it says 25% Diamond Pony Tax. Okay, so I look at my answers. There is no 25% there. All right, so at first you say, "Whoa, they made an error, Mr. E., Well, not really, but you would have to know that 25% can be written as 0.25. That's why I brought that up at first, okay? That's sort of prior knowledge that comes in real handy here, okay? A percent can always be written as a decimal. So 0.25 is what we need, and that's what you need to do the calculations. So we're looking for 0.25p, I believe. Let's see here. If that is one of our options, okay, this thing is frustrating. Yeah, 0.25p is one of our options, so we drag that over and we're done. Meaning we're going to multiply 0.25 times p to find out how much our tax is, okay? Also remember, that is 25 out of 100. So let's say our pony costs 100 bucks. 25% means 25 per 100. So our tax would be $25, okay? So then we'd have to pay 100 plus 25 Does that make sense? All right, so it's always good to think of either the number 100 and do your tax that way, or the number 10 also comes in handy. It'd be $2.50 for every $10. Does that make sense? That's 25% of 10. So again, it's just a matter of moving the decimal over 1 to the right or to the left, But if you get the concept, that percent just means out of 100. If it was a perfect 100, 25, you know, what would you take out of it? All right. And that helps you visualize it. All right. And so we did that. The amount of tax Handsome Jack pays. There's nothing else that really listed. Okay. Then the last one says, Handsome Jack's total bill. Now, this is where it gets tricky because there's two right answers. First of all, let's go with the obvious one. Uh, it's not 0.75p. It's not p divided by 1.25. It's 1.25p. Eh, could be that one. That one looks kind of right. Um, yeah, let's go with that one because what that is saying is we're going to do we're going to uh, pay the price of the pony. Plus twenty five percent, okay. And actually, there's a simpler version of that. P plus p, okay. That's really the first option we should be. The pony plus twenty five percent of the pony, and then we can also select the one point two five p. Now, why is that the same thing? Okay, um, this is kind of hard to explain, but basically. The one comes in real handy when you're doing, when you're working with uh, adding tax. Because what happens is, if you just do 0.25 of P, you're going to get just the amount that you have to pay for tax. You're not going to get the total amount. You're just going to get the amount that tax would be. So think of your receipt when you go to Cracker Barrel or something. And you get your receipt and it says, oh, 6.9% or 7% tax. And it tells you you paid $0.64 in tax or something like that. That's a valuable number to know. But do you give the cashier just $0.64? No. You give your cashier the amount of the original bill plus the $0.64. Okay. Same thing here. But how do you calculate that? Believe it or not, it's always with the number one. You do one point and then whatever the tax rate was and it will give you the total total that you're supposed to give them. So even though there's a way to get just the tax, if you want to know the total with the tax, all you got to do is remember one thing. The number one. Okay, and you do one and whatever the tax code was. Okay, so in this case, 1.25P. That really is the trick of this FSA question, because not only is it hard, but really it's the second option. Like, it's more than one correct answer. So if you were doing the test, I know i if I'm being honest, I would have probably skipped over this answer. Just say, hey, I found the pony plus 25% of pony and walked away. And not realize, hey, I left the right answer on the table. And I think in the FSA, that marks it completely wrong. Even if you do everything else right, it's heartbreaking, I know. So this is a very valuable lesson here. All right, uh, continuing. There's just one question left here. Scrolling down. Oh, and then there's a box for not used. And then we drag everything else that wasn't used. Three different answers. Okay. Um, that's about it. Okay. Also, yeah, that's about it. The not used sort of helps us, hey, make sure that we didn't forget one. That would be your chance, you know, in the test to make sure that, hey, none of those make sense. Division doesn't make sense in that one and, and whatnot. All right, let's stop the lesson here. Uh, as always, feel free to go to Khan Academy and do the practice lesson there so you can see what we're talking about. Um, it will only take 15 minutes. We're at 11 minutes right now. Uh, let's leave it there. Join us for a next segment. Till next time, Mr. E over and out. Hello and welcome to the Math with Mr. E or Mystery Podcast where we take the mystery out of math. I'm Mr. E. What is your name? excellent let's begin with why why listen to a math podcast one you can pause or rewind if you miss something or if you don't understand something two I try to make my math lessons simple speak in plain English sometimes a little Spanish three I keep my explanations short five to fifteen minutes at the most okay all right so now you may be wondering what exactly is this episode about, Mr. E? Well, this episode will be remembered as the one where you buy flowers for multiple girlfriends. Alright? And it corresponds with the Khan Academy video called Interpreting Linear Expressions, colon, Flowers. Alright, I told you it had to do with flowers. As always, feel free to look up the video on Khan Academy in addition to this podcast. What did we talk about in the previous episode? Well, we talked about handsome jack and buying a pony, if you remember. Okay, and that had to do with linear expressions as well. It was a word paragraph where a guy bought a pony and he had to pay 25% tax, remember? And you had to convert the 25% to 0.25 and then create a little equation, a linear equation. Okay, and drag and drop. It was an FSA test prep question, just like this one, okay? Where they throw a lot of tricks at you. So that's the real value here. All right, remember every episode has an action item. That means you write it down. Go ahead, write your name. Do it now. That way you have a pen and pencil ready. Remember, you're more likely to remember what you write down than whatever I say. Okay, so if you want it to stick... Write it down. All right, let us begin our lesson now. The paragraph says uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Khan Academy has a word problem, and it says Martin likes to make flower bouquets, okay, for his girlfriends, that each have three violets and four tulips. Okay, pretty nice, mixing up the flowers. Three violets, four tulips. If the price of a violet is V, V is the variable that we're going to use for the price of violets. And the price of tulip is T. Okay, that makes sense. T for tulips. Match their expressions to their meanings. And again, they have drag and drop linear equations on the left-hand side. And you have to drag them to the right answer, I guess, the right question on the right-hand side. Multiple in parentheses, it says multiple expressions may fit the same description. So that's a fancy way of saying... You can have more than one answer, one right answer, okay? Again, kind of tricky. Just to throw that in parentheses, you may be uh, used to skipping that, but this is part of the math thinking, where we go slow and steady versus try to breeze through it, okay? All right, the first one says, the price of Martin's bouquets, and it wants us to drag and drop something. The very first thing I would do is, listen to me now, ignore the answers that they give you and just try to solve the word problem logically in your brain like go back to the word problem and say okay three violets three v and four tulips four t okay and i want to add those two together because each bouquet has both of those okay so if i were to write that and this is your action item You want to write 3V plus 4T. And boom, you have a linear expression that makes sense. One bouquet is going to equal 3V plus 4T. If you wanted to, you could even say B equals 3V plus 4T. Now that you have that figured out, now look at the answers. Because otherwise, the answers are just going to confuse you. Remember, that's what they're trying to do. So I look, I don't see 3V, I see 3V plus 2T, I don't see 3V plus 4T, but look what they did. They put 4T plus 3V. They flipped the order. In addition, does the order matter? Does 3 plus 4 give you the same answer as 4 plus 3? Why, yes, it does. They're both 7, right? So the order doesn't matter. In addition, I don't know if you remember what property that is. All right, I think it's the commutative property, All right. and we'll look into it. But anyhow, 4T plus 3V is the same thing as 3V plus 4T, so I can drag and drop that answer. Okay, good. Let's move on. Now they want the price of three of Martin's bouquets. Remember I said multiple girlfriends? Well, it turns out he's got three girlfriends, and he wants to give three bouquets. Okay? Okay. So how do we write that mathematically? Okay, we know 3 v plus 4T equals one bouquet. If we wanted three of them, we literally want to multiply that by three. So how do we multiply in, in math? Or how do we signify multiply? There's multiple ways, right? But <laughs> no pun intended. But one of the ways is to put something in parentheses and then leave the number that you want to multiply outside the parentheses. So in this case, I want to put 3V plus 4T inside a parentheses. OK, so that's going to live inside a parentheses now. And then a big fat three is going to live outside of it. That means three of these. OK, now let's see if that answer exists. Well, yes, it does. I see it right there. Three parentheses, 3T plus 4V. Oh, that was a trick. Hold on. That's not the one. It's the other one. Three, and then parentheses, four T plus three V. It's little rascals. Okay. A little switcheroo there again. All right. Uh, But in this case, they put it with the wrong letter. That's why that matters, because there's three violets in each one. There's not four violets in each one. So we want the three next to the V and the four next to the T. Okay. Um, So... Let's pick that one. 3 times 4t plus 3v. Boom. We picked that. Now, here's where you'd be tempted to just move on to the next question. But I know, because I already looked at the con video, that there is a second right answer. And this is where the real lesson of today goes. In math, it pays to be methodical. So, by methodical, I mean... Go ahead and take the slow road and multiply 3 times 3V and tell me what you get. Why, 3 times 3 is 9, Mr. E. Thank you. So I got 9V. And 3 times 4T is what? 3 times 4 is 12, Mr. E. Oh, thank you. So I have 9V and 12T and they had a plus sign, so I'm going to keep the plus sign in the middle. 9V plus 12T. Let's see if that's there. Oh, why, yes, it is. But of course, backwards. They have 12T plus 9V. Ah, hate FSA. Anyways, you didn't hear me say that. So there's two right answers for this. The 12T plus 9V and then the 3 where it's distributed, okay? And remember, that's the distributive property. All we did was distribute the 3 to both pieces that are inside the parentheses. That's the distributive property. Boom. I think that's it because the last one is simply drag and drop the 1s that are not used. Oh, and guess what? As we're doing that, we find that there's one that we could have used to signify the price of the bouquet. And I'll tell you what that is in a second. Uh, Let's see if I can look at it. Ah, yes, okay. There's a sneaky answer there. Look at this. It says 2V plus 4T plus V. Remember, guys, when you have a letter by itself, that is the same as saying one times V, or one times that letter. Okay? Because what's one times any number? What's one times four? Four. What's one times five? Five. So one times the letter is the same thing as saying the letter. So there's a sneaky one V right here. So look, now we look at it again with new eyes. We have two V plus 4T, plus 1V. Well, now I see that two of my terms, remember everything in between the plus sign is a term, two of my terms have the same variable. Therefore, they are considered what? What? In the back of the room there? Like terms, yes, correct. Like terms. Meaning, if they have the same letter, I can combine them. Remember Chuck Norris. All right. So 2V plus 1V gives me 3V. I have three violets. Okay. Plus 4T. So literally, we can drag that to the answer to the first question. The price of one bouquet is 4T plus 3V or 2V plus 4T plus 1V. Okay. You could say it multiple different ways. You could write it different ways. And that's what that is. All right, let's stop that lesson there. Lots of neat tricks there. Um, Again, better to be slow than fast. And the key word there is methodical. Go ahead and work the answer out in your head till you can't know more, till you've done every which way there is uh, to look at this answer. Please log on to Khan Academy so you can see that video for yourself. It is worth it to prepare for the FSA like that. Uh, 10 minute 50 seconds. Join us for the next segment. Till next time, Mr. E, over and out.